0: everybody, it's Dave here, and I've got the Sean next to me in the prime spot in the middle. We are going to talk about, is there any sort of clues that we can gather from previous Browns drafts as to how our new GM, Kwese Adolfo Mensah, might go, might look at, and what sort of results did they get? Also, we'll hit up on if there's any sort of head coach uh, news. There's not much on that other than second interviews are in progress. And we'll finish up with a quick mock draft. So join us right after the roll. Welcome to Climbing the Pockets Mock Draft Mondays. Who will the Vikings pick and who's your favorite choice? And we're back. That's quick but powerful. Love it. How are you doing tonight, Deshawn? I am doing great. It's cold here in
1: Maryland, but I know you guys, most of you guys are from Minnesota, so I shouldn't complain, but I'm freezing. I don't know how y'all deal with this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, I'm down in Texas, so it's not that cold, which is nice, um, <laughs> but, you know, it all happens we're going to get a little bit colder in a week, and by colder, that means down right around freezing. We'll see how that goes. Um, want to say hi to everybody that's watching. We have, of course, Joseph Skull. He's got his drinks ready. Uh, Mary, Nick. Daniel, Nick, Skull Mafia from
1: Vanessa
0: uh, Lake, New York. Love
1: you guys. We love when you guys flood the comments. It, it uh-huh. makes us feel good.
0: Yes. <laughs> Anthony, uh, it's going to be a great night. You were the one, and I want to tell all the viewers that, that it's Deshaun that brought up the idea of let's look for some clues and how the Browns have drafted as to see if we can glean anything out of that as to how Quesse may just, do it.
1: Actually, yeah. In the comments just now, we got someone saying that, uh, D'Amico Ryan's is out and that is and that's actually true. Uh, Tom Pellicero just tweeted that D'Amico Ryan's actually declined.
0: Whoa. A second
1: interview with the Vikings to further, it says to further his development in San Fran. I don't blame him at all. The Vikings defense is a project. San Fran has something already established. I, I for him, I think it's a good move. I think he, he stays where he needs to be. Uh, congrats to him. Now that leaves us with Morris. O'Connell and and uh, Harbaugh, who oh, I think Harbaugh just like <laughs> became, like, became like, the immediate favorite. As soon as his name went in there, everybody was like, yeah, yeah, yeah let's do that.
0: <laughs> well, O'Connell did get his second interview tonight. That's already been posted. That has been done. We don't know the results, of course. But yes, that leaves, um, of course, Harbaugh and Raheem Morris. Raheem is my personal favorite out of the bunch. Uh, I worry about Harbaugh. Harbaugh is definitely a winning quarterback or coach, and we will win, but I worry about a quick four-year and then it go into dysfunction and burnout. So it, it all depends on the Wilfs and Brez and Kweisi and how they feel. But other than that, there's there's no update. So we got an update. O'Connell's got his second one done. Uh, Ryan's is out. We don't uh Harbaugh. I read today is supposed to possibly interview Wednesday. Hopefully, Raheem Morris gets interviewed here in the next twenty-four hours as well, and we'll see where it goes.
1: Yeah, man. It's just I think for Harbaugh, it's just a big respect thing with the the stuff he did in San Francisco. It was just it was great up there for a couple of years. Obviously, it fell apart, but they got to the Super Bowl under him, and that's more than any coach that that we've had in a long time. So. I get it. I get it with Harbaugh. Uh personally, I'm an O'Connell guy. I just I mean, give me the, the potential of an offensive mastermind at the helm. Obviously, he is starting fresh. He doesn't call plays. It's it's gonna be raw. You're well, you're no. really hoping he develop develops into something.
0: Well, that's my biggest think, question I, about him, is he doesn't call plays. Yes, he's been around Sean McVay. He's obviously had a cup of coffee or two with him. But he's a huge question mark. I don't know how he's gonna turn out. There's no there's no background to that. Um, there's no substantial resume. He could be a genius, he could be it. I don't know. That's that's what worries me about him. Raheem Morris has a resume. We know how Raheem Morris is, we know how he interacts with people, all that. Same with Harbaugh. Harwell's got a great resume. He doesn't lose where he goes. But we also know he can burn out relationships real fast. So O'Connell is my biggest question mark. Yes, there's the benefit of being on the offensive side of the ball. It's just, I don't know. It's it's the big question mark. We'll find out soon enough when that, uh, yes, we will. Head, that head coach gets his uh, – introductory press conference and he wears a suit he hasn't worn in about five years we'll find out <laughs> but let's talk draft you wanted to talk to browns and how they draft let's what's your theory so looking back on so really you got to
1: go back to around 2016 because that that's when the browns movement towards uh, a more analytical approach to the draft, and what what that means for people, I think it's more like a best best player available kind of thing for when it comes to like an analytical approach. So you won't see them doing interior players like defensive tackles, uh, guards, centers. You won't see them doing that kind of stuff in the first round, uh, rarely even in the first three rounds. I think the only I think they only have one, and that was like Austin Corbett, who actually ended up being a solid pick. He's now the, I think he's the starting center for the Rams, who are going to the Super Bowl. So. That was their second round pick, I think, like twenty seventeen or something like that. But they really value your key positions. So when it comes to drafting, it's going to be a lot of wide receivers, a lot of cornerbacks, QB, of course, a lot of edge players. That's that's what they're going to target in that first, you know, fifty players or so. So those premium positions that really that really benefit you on your rookie contracts. Now that's reflected in players like Miles Garrett. That was reflected in players like Corey Coleman, who obviously didn't didn't work out, unfortunately. Uh, you have Baker Mayfield, and you have uh, Judrick Wills. So they've hit on a few of those players, and Judrick Wills, I think, is the only one now on a rookie contract that's paying pretty big dividends for them so far. So I think that is the direction we're going to see this team go. So in our past history, when we took Bradbury, most recently Bradbury- um, Bradbury at the center position is the one that you can point out, obviously. Um, another one to look at I think it's interesting is Laquan Treadwell. And I really think more when you go more t- to when you go more to an analytically based process is differently. So with Laquan Treadwell, his biggest attribute in college was like contested catches. He didn't separate well. He wasn't overly explosive. Just in college, he was able to catch everything over everybody. So when I got to the league, it didn't translate. You don't see the Browns drafting players like that. Corey Coleman, he was a separator. He was fast. He could do a lot of things. Anthony Schwartz, separator. Fast, can do a lot of things. Donovan Peoples-Jones, he can high point the ball really well. But he was a separator, even though he fell really far. He fell. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones fell way further than what he was supposed to. I thought he was a third-round pick, fell to the fifth. Now he gave them, what, four or five touchdowns last season? He's a separator. He could do both. He could separate and high on the football. So when you're talking about an analytically based draft, you're going to see it at multiple levels, not just best player available. You're going to see it in how they evaluate, how they uh, value different prospects.
0: Gotcha. You worried me when you brought up Treadwell. <laughs> um. Now, you wanted to talk about pre quasi quasi and post quasi. Yeah, 26 so
1: post quest. Right. So and and a lot of the interviews or a lot of the the articles you'll see uh quasi does he gives a lot of the of the credit to Andrew Berry. Those guys were like, they were like one, two up there in the Browns. So I would expect a lot of the stuff that he does here to kind of reflect what Andrew Berry did in Cleveland. So as you can see in 2020, 2020, run, their process didn't really change. It just kind of got better. So you have players in 2020, you have Judrick Wills in the first round. You have Grant Delpit whoa, whoa, whoa. came to be a solid.
0: Let me switch screens so I can bring up the graphics so everybody can watch. But yeah. I know everybody who's watching right now sees Tyler's name up there and is wondering, where in the heck is Tyler? I'm wondering where in the heck is Tyler. We know he's in Mobile, Alabama. He flew down there today. Um, he's his,
1: down there being a scout.
0: <laughs> he's down there being a scout working for NBC Edge, working with Vi Nordstrom, or Thor Nordstrom, um, reporting. But he was going to try to join tonight. Obviously, he had something going on. Interesting story from Tyler before he came on the show. He got to sit next to Catherine Reich on the airplane flying into there. So, uh, we look forward to more stories from that once he gets back. But I want to change the screen real quick. We're going to flop here. You're looking at, I want to bring up a different graphic than that one. Um, that's one I was looking at. All right. Here are let me delete that one. Here are the Browns draft picks over the last 2 years. Now, do you want to go with that?
1: Sean? Yeah, we can start at Yeah, yeah, let's start at 2020. So, obviously you get you get a tackle in the top 10. You get Dredrick, Dredrick Wills Jr., obviously a great pick. You get a ta- a premium position for on a rookie contract, that's always going to be good. And then you have Grant Delpit in the second round. Obviously, obviously, safeties are a little less... They're not premium position, but you still get kind of that playmaker in the second round, and he could do a lot of stuff for you. And then down here, you have Harrison Bryant, the tight end in 2020, which is like a low-key pick. He doesn't do too much for him, but he's like the... He's. I don't want to call Miko Harmon for the Chiefs, but he's like that that fifth, fourth, to fifth receiver when you need him to be. And then, obviously, you have Donovan, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's now growing into a role for them with uh, Odell Beckham gone. So, twenty twenty, you can already see that they have several draft picks paying dividends with a good process that they're that they're using up there in Cleveland. All
0: right, this is for those who don't know. This is Pro Football um, Reference data that you're seeing. You can judge some of these people by the far right-hand columns. How many games have they played, right? The guys, obviously, in 2020 are two-season guys, and uh, 2021 was only this season. And how much is their adjusted value? You see that Jedrick Willis, or Wills, their tackle is off the charts. He's good. Grant Delpit who's only got an AV of, thir- of three, and I don't remember his score. I've got it on that other graphic. Um, he has only played one season's worth of games. I think he got hurt. He, when I looked up, was the number one safety in the draft that year. If you can get the safety number one in the second round, you are doing very, very well. Because last year there were some safeties that were good in twenty twenty. There were some safeties that were good, um, so it's a good thing. Just explaining that for the viewers. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So you look at uh, also Donovan Peoples Jones with an eight. So mm-hmm. their process is producing good stuff. How Tyler says it all the time: good process, good results. I mean, you might you might not always get the good result, but if you continue to put forth good process. Eventually, you are going to pay out, and I really do believe that with the draft. I might not agree with, it, with everything with him, but <laughs> with the draft, I do believe. I do believe you stick to your process with the draft, and eventually, you'll start to hit on those picks in all kinds of rounds. And then we move to twenty twenty one. Greg Newsom, of course, solid cornerback, and it's it's worth mentioning that a lot of these picks are done while they have players already in place. Greg Newsom was picked while they still have greedy greedy Williams on the roster. Anthony Schwartz has picked when they still had Odell Beckham on the roster. So, uh, Quacey has said something really interesting in his, in his interview. Uh, think he said, something like planning, planning ahead for needs that don't exist yet. And that's just, and if I think if you, that's an awesome way to run, run a football team, I think that your depth is always going to be ready. You're always going to be ready for whatever happens. Just so much happens in the football, in the national football league. So injuries, Guys become unhappy. You have to cut certain players. You have to trade certain players. Uh, obviously, the whole Odell Beckham thing came out of left field for them. I mean, unfortunately, they have Baker Mayfield as a quarterback, and he's not doing all of that well. But I think have, having Anthony Schwartz there is going to be good for either if Baker comes back or if they have another QB, they now have three guys there, and they can add on top of that. And uh, a doubt.
0: And we don't know if Baker's not playing so well was due to his injury his shoulder and stuff, or him being Baker. Um, so we don't know, but they have built a team around him that looks competitive um, across the board. Now, I had that other graphic up, and I'll bring it up here quickly. It's not going to want to show right, but same players, and I'll. it's just how I have it feeding I wanted to look and no, it won't do that. You can see the numbers, the color-coded numbers on the right, right next to Deshaun, where each of these, and you so Greg Newsom scored a 68.1. These are PFF grades right there.
1: That's insane. That twenty that 2020 draft, that is insane.
0: Look at those. The majority of them are above 60, right? And 60 is the baseline. You want to be above 70. There are quite a few that are near or above 70, and that's in the last two years. Compare that to your Minnesota Vikings and how many draft picks, one, played number of games, and two, scored that high. or graded yeah, that Look high. at Nick
1: Harris, man. Fifth-round pick with a 70 overall grade. That's, That's crazy.
0: That is what I call identifying people and whether it be between the Quesse and the GM identifying them and drafting them and Stefanski coaching them and his staff coaching them. That is outstanding if you could get that sort of production out of two... Just two, your most two recent draft classes. If we could do that in Minnesota, if Quesi can replicate that in Minnesota, our rebuild and turnaround, say for 2023, I would sit there, I'd need some alone time that looks so good. I mean, it's <laughs> you are going to be competitive. And your whole theory about this is that we should see something something similar coming here shortly for the draft and all how how all that goes.
1: Yeah, I definitely think um so a lot of a lot of people feel as though twenty twenty-one is a wash for the Vikings. And I, I don't necessarily agree. I think you should see them get better. Whether now, I and it may not be it's it may not be completely accurate, but I think whether Kirk Cousins is that quarterback or not, if you get the right coach in there, the offense should improve. The offense underperformed massively last year. You get the right coach in there, the frame is still there. The frame that, that like that, the the line, the wide receivers. I mean, obviously you need to improve the line a little bit, but the frame is still there for a quarterback that's not as good as cousins to be planted in there and maybe play at the level of cousins or even, or even more.
0: Well, as Carl indicated, if Harbaugh gets the job, um, he could help develop Mond or a draftee or even cousins for that matter, because he does tend to maximize whatever quarterback he has and their play. And, he drove Alex Smith to some of his best seasons. He drove Colin Kaepernick, obviously, to the Super Bowl. I'm I'm looking forward to what he would do with Mond or what he would do with Malik Willis, say the Vikings drafted Malik Willis. That, to me, would be, would be special and would be key. But, yes, you are 100% correct. The foundation, especially on offense— I'm not going to say it on defense, but on offense is already there. You've got your tackles. You've got the weapons already in place. Just improve that quarterback, improve improve the two spots on the O-line, and there's no reason we can't be a top-five offense. None. Zero. None. None
1: None at all. So I still think in 2021, this team should see improvement. Now, it might not be improved within the record. That much I don't care about. I don't care what your record is in 2021. You're probably not vying for a Super Bowl in 2021, but I should see consistency on offense. The defense, is just there's just a massive lack of talent on a defense, so you're going to see gains where they just completely fall through against better offenses, and that's expected when you're probably going to have three, four, five players. I mean, Kendricks can end up being moves. We don't know what's going to happen with um, Daniel Hunter, so you're looking at losing massive talent on that defense, that much can't really be helped. So you're expecting that, but I'm expecting this offense to take a big, le- not a big leap, but just be more consistent. You don't have to be, you don't have to be like consistently a top like two or three offense. But I'm asking that you don't consistently fall below like that top ten line, which the Vikings did a lot last season.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that and that's and that's why I think 2021 isn't a wash. It's about finding your consistency. So when it does come time to compete you can compete with teams like the Chiefs and the Bills, and now we have to worry about the Bengals because they're going to the Super Bowl, and then we're going to compete with the Rams for a long time. I mean, we might be losing Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, but you still got Colin Murray, you still got Dak Prescott, and Stafford, and the Rams. There's still com- com- some competition. Yeah,
0: but I, I'm not sure. I think the Rams, the way they built that team with trading all those future picks and signing those high-dollar free agents, I think they have a short window. Um, because yeah, all but- that's going to come due quick. And I don't think they'll be able to keep that up. But that's just me. Maybe they'll finagle it, push it all down the road again like New Orleans. Um, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yes, I think the toughest conference will be the AFC because all the quarterbacks over there, that gives more incentive for Cam to find that quarterback for our team and dominate the NFC. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And he asked, and there's a question in the comment about uh, um, a dual threat quarterback. I think in this, in this game, you saw what Josh Allen did. You saw what Patrick Mahomes did. You saw what Joe Burrow did. I feel, I do feel like that it's almost a need in this game. Sort of, if you can't, if you can't consistently keep the offensive line, playing at a high level, you do kind of need that dual threat quarterback. But I think what we saw Joe Burrow did do, Joe Burrow did not dominate that game against the Chiefs in any way, shape, or form. But what he did was he made plays when he needed to. And that's really all we're asking from the quarterback position. We're not asking for Josh Allen. We're not asking for Patrick Mahomes. We're not asking for Aaron Rodgers. We're asking for somebody that when things are falling apart, you don't also fall apart. You right. be that guy to fix things when things are falling apart. So we don't I see and I see you see it all over Twitter. Draft your next Mahomes. Nothing should stop you from drafting your next Mahomes or whatever like that. I think you don't need Mahomes, man. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is not Mahomes. He's nowhere close. Joe Burrow is not Josh Allen. Probably nowhere close. He can get there, but as of right now, he's in the Super Bowl because the Bengals built a solid team and they're playing great complimentary football. And Burrow is making plays when you need him the most.
0: Well, it's very. That's
1: thing, what you're looking for.
0: Leadership. Uh, Burroughs got leadership in spades. He's just like he reminds me of watching the films of Joe. Um, ho, um what's his name? Joe Namath. Um, uh, Hollywood Joe. He also has the tip on his shoulder, like Joe Montana, underrated doesn't think he can win people doesn't think he can win he's going in there with leadership doing what it takes to win football games and that trump's literally just about anything if you have that belief and you exude that and people believe in you and follow you you can go miles and still not be you know technically the fastest throw the farthest throw the hardest whatever or the most accurate you can still win, and you can win big, and I think that's what Cincinnati's uh, hooked into, and they should keep it as long as they can. As long as they can.
1: Right. Imagine when they finally do fix that offensive line.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, then it'll be scary. <laughs> and, and like I said, that's it. it's the AFC. C. There is such good talent on the A F C, and it's saturated. That's where in the N F C. It's less across the board, and the Vikings, if they do it right, can take advantage of that.
1: Yeah, real quick, and it's fast for them. I really do think the Vikings can be back. They're back in, back into taking a conference over. I say twenty twenty three at the earliest. At the earliest, I mean this. The NFC is falling apart. There aren't many teams. I mean the Cardinals, they're good. They have yet to put it together. The Cowboys, for some reason, have this great team. They just can't put it together. The NFC is ripe for the taking. I think you spend one season, you come back and you get into it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> All right, is there anything more on the previous drafts that you want to cover before we head into a quick mock draft?
1: Now it's time for me to put on my best uh my best uh Quay imitation. Okay. we, <laughs> we in the, we know. in the war room Dave
0: now. Everyone is wondering, I'm keeping Tyler up there because hopefully he will join us. He was going to try and uh, don't know if he's at the hotel yet. Don't know if he's three sheets to the wind already. Have no idea, but he was going to try. Anyways, you get me and Deshaun. Until then, we're going to start this draft. Let's go. How many rounds do you want, Deshaun?
1: Uh, well, we can do four. We'll do four. We're still, uh, every, I think most people are still on the, the top 75 names as of right
0: okay. now. Okay. We shall do four, even though we don't have a fourth pick as of right this second. But we may yeah trade Mr. For Chris Hurton on. Yes. What a waste. Panic move waste. All right, here we go. And let's start this draft. Presently, the Vikings sit with a number 12 pick, and the draft is underway. First pick seems to go off every time I run this is Aiden Hutchinson. And we have our first trade offer. We'll get these. Um,
1: yeah, all right. that's a first and a third from the
0: Saints. First, third, and a sixth from the Saints. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Sorry, guys, I'm looking the other way. That's where my monitor is. We have a first, a third, and a seventh from the Steelers to drop down to 20. Saints is to drop. To, the Saints is a better deal there.
1: It is a much better deal with the Cowboys. The Cowboys much better
0: deal. is a first and a second for the first. Drop down to 24.
1: Oof. I think we like that one. Three top 75s?
0: Yes. I'm going to accept that one. See where we go from there.
1: So, yeah. So, Daniel Jeremiah, I think, put out a uh, mock draft today, and he had seven edge rushers going in the top, I think, like 25 or something like that. So, it's a good good draft to need an edge rusher.
0: All right. Here, the Chiefs are offering 30th and a 4th. For our twenty-four,
1: no, I think we're going to pick here. If they had added the seventh, the Rick Spielman me would have been tempted.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got on the board. We've got an interior lineman. If we want to go that high, <laughs> Um Linda Bob, from what I'm reading, is is that good? Now, but it's to me that's an overvaluation of interior lineman. Oh.
1: So, definitely want to go... So, the Vikings have a bunch of needs. I don't... I, interior line, I probably wouldn't even draft at all until, like, the later rounds this year. I'm really hoping that they fix the interior and create to see, bring in some cheap, proven talent because that's really what this offensive line needs. It doesn't need more rookies. It's young enough. They need, like, some leadership, some people that can teach. So, I'm really hoping that we don't have to draft in the interior line this year. Um, I would go... Here, the guys that I'm looking at right now, obviously, you have... You have Devin Lloyd, um, Mm -hmm. When we're about to have a vacancy at linebacker. Um, Uh, You have Traylon Burks, who's been. I'm going to look at Lloyd. Traylon Burks has been.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fifth-year junior. Is a fifth-year junior? Okay. Oh. He's pegged as a two-down linebacker. Why is he so high?
1: Because he's explosive. That's what he's you need. Got, I think and this year. He's got size.
0: He's six foot three. Yeah. Versus Dean, who's six foot.
1: Yeah, I think the NFL is starting to transition now to more explosion from the linebacker position. Those guys that can really, like, you know how Anthony Barr were really like to split a play and completely ended? I think the NFL is really starting to value guys like that. Guys that can really mm-hmm. get into the backfield fast, guys that can blitz, and guys that can also drive back and coverage. Um, the guy that I kind of want to talk about, Traylon Burks, which everybody now is comparing to Debo Samuel. I think he is going to be a hot name. I think he flies up the draft board. He might end up going like top now because Jamison Williams or Jamison Williams, he was like the top receiver in the country towards ACL. He should be r- close to ready ish, I think, because I think season is nine months. ACL repair is usually like nine months or so. Um, but Traylon Burks with, uh, mm, Forgetting his name, Deebo Samuel, doing what he's doing. I think a lot of teams are going to want to take Traylon Burks and try to replicate that. So that's a guy that's on the board now, premium position, great talent. Also, you have Carson Strong. I think everybody everybody at the network, I think, is a fan of Carson Strong, has great arm, can make every throw. You need a quarterback. And then also Zion – no, that is not the name I wanted. (laughs) Logan Hall. Logan Hall from Houston. If you need an edge, I don't like him this early, so I probably want to take him. As of right now, my eyes are on Carson Strong. I really like him at quarterback, but I think we did that last time. So what
0: about to, to, to make
1: Tyler happy.
0: What about this Desmond Ritter? Tell me about him. Let me click on him real quick because he's not a name that I'm familiar with. Super familiar with. So he is
1: Often times when you rank the top Cincinnati. quarterbacks, you'll, you'll see Ritter – He's like towards the bottom of his list. He has he has an arm. He can throw the football, but I believe most of his his downfalls come with the the intricacies of the quarterback position. The mm-hmm. stuff that you kind of have to teach in like the college level is, I guess, is the stuff that he's not really getting. Right. So when you come in, he's going to be your one year project guy. So I don't see him well, coming in. And ideal
0: being, role, um, developmental starting quarterback.
1: Right. So he's going to be, basically, I don't want to call him another Kellen Munn, but if you take Ritter, you're basically signing up for another Kellen Munn situation. So Carson Strong, I think he comes in. He is not mobile. He can probably, now, his 40-yard dash, obviously, uh, I saw a tweet by uh, Jordan saying that guys are moving away from 40-yard dashes using more of the uh, the GPS. But I think if he does decide to run it, which I doubt he will with the whole knee thing. Mm-hmm. I think he can move well enough to get out of trouble. In the pocket, he's good. I don't know about maybe escaping and running for first downs. I don't really think that's his game. But I think he comes in with the ability to make almost every single throw at the start of camp. And he's just going to improve thereon. Really, the only concern with him is the knee. You just don't want to invest. It's hard to invest in somebody who possibly could have a Sam Bradford issue, which I'm not, not really comparing it. To, I, mean, I am comparing the two, but not saying that what happened to him, but just that's kind of in your mind. When you had Sam Bradford, he had, he, he had such a good season. He comes in the next season and his knee puts him out for us a year. That's just kind of the thing that comes to mind.
0: Well, here's so, where I wish we'd traded down. Um, right. We know N'Kobe Dean. I like mm-hmm. Dean. I think he'll pair up brilliantly with, uh, Kendricks. But beyond that, Logan Hall, eh. got another interior lineman. Brisker, I don't mind Brisker. I was looking into him today. Oops. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a good safety. We're probably going to need a safety. If they draft a safety, that opens up for trading Harrison Smith. I don't particularly want to trade Harrison Smith, but if we trade him, that opens up money and position and we'll need a second safety. Uh, I don't know. Go ahead and select because I'm not sure where I would go.
1: I'm going to – it's my first year here. If I'm the the coach, I'm the GM, offense is going to be our calling card. I'm going to solidify the offense in the first round. Obviously you need defense, but in the long run, offense is going to be what wins you your football games. I'm taking Traylon Burks in the, the, in the expectation that Thielen is Thielen is ending. He's going towards the end of his career. So I'm drafting his replacement in the first round. Someone who's probably going to contribute year one. And I'm going to make this offense unstoppable as fast as I can.
0: Okay. So we'll have an awesome wide receiver. Room,
1: yeah, it's gonna be the best, like the best in the league. All
0: right, here Jets want our or Jets want to give up pick 35 for our second, fifth, and sixth. Uh, no, we need players,
1: (laughs) (laughs) we need bodies in training camp.
0: Yes, Dan, I talked about Dean. I would love to have Dean if we have the chance. So Uh
1: I'm looking at the board. I would take this one, and they're not asking for much, and I would probably actually offer a little bit more than this, but I would take this offer just to how the board fell. All
0: right. They want us to move to 41 and give up a seventh for it. So five spots. Yeah, I
1: actually think – I actually think I would be pretty comfortable giving up the third round pick for this just because of who's left on the board at this point in time.
0: Well, but this is a two and a seven to move up five spots.
1: Yeah, that's easy. That's a no brainer. But I would, I would, just because if this offer was like offered to me, I would end up offering more. But
0: Why we're at 41.
1: Because <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I've seven if, to to if they're willing to take, if
0: they're willing to take, are you know five spots down and a seventh? You say okay. <laughs> now you wanted this. Who are you taking right now?
1: I'm taking Malik Willis, and I am not I'm not thinking twice. I'm taking Malik Willis, and then you got him a new. You got him his wide receiver. He already he's coming in with Justin Jefferson. You got your QB of the future.
0: All right, now do we want to trade up? From 56 to 48 for the price of a six, our six-rounder.
1: No, I think we'll stay put. Like you said, we need those mini camp bodies. And I think the, the board is falling in our favor to we don't really need to move right now. There's a lot of defensive talent left on the board for us to draft.
0: And we... Steelers want our 52nd. And, or want us to move up to 52 for a fifth and a six, a six, two six, and a third next year. No. And we're on a board. Let's see. Ravens. Will they give us their 76 and a fourth? For our second, Giants, 67th and a 5th, and the Jags, they're 65th and a 6th. I
1: think we're going we're gonna to decline those uh-huh. and stay put. What We got huh. All right. All right. So we kind of just need defense at this point in the game. What what do we need, I mean, the defense at this point is, you, obviously you'd like to get a corner, but mm-hmm. I think the corner position, the talent in the corner position falls off after the first round. I think you have like one pretty solid second round player, and that's going to be the corner from Washington. But I think after this, the talent kind of falls off. But you do have the, if you want to uh, check, uh, click on Kendrick right there, bring up his profile, and I think he might be a solid pick right here.
0: All right, began his career at Clemson before transferring to Georgia. He is a sufficiently reactive athlete with good movement skills and agility and coverage. In the run game, he's a willing tackler. That's always helpful. Um, Who will come up versus the run, but is a bit light at the point of attack, which tells me he makes deci- business decisions. In the passing game, he is raw in his technique and eyes. He plays a game from an open position and an off coverage and a man in zone situations. He's really undisciplined in his eyes while he's gotten him in much trouble in Georgia due to their overall defensive talent and scheme. It could be problematic in the NFL. From press man, he can mirror, open his hips, stay on top, could afford to use some good length. Blah, blah, blah. Let's so
1: when I'm looking when I'm looking at the cornerback position, the things that I like to see, I like to see press man, obviously, but I like to see the transition. I like to see players who are able to transition, press man, flip the hips, have the speed to keep up because the NFL speed is different. So you need the speed to keep up. So press man, flip the hips, open up, keep up the length to make great plays. And I feel like... You can be successful from a lot of spots when you have those traits. That's great traits to build upon. And in the second round, when you have a defense like this, that's all you're looking for. You're looking for a player with traits to build upon, and I think he
0: has those traits. Well, and uh, Drew Christensen's all for him. He says he's got a ton of talent. He was a five-star recruit as a receiver, and he's moved over. Mm -hmm. So – at least has some hand skills, mm-hmm. which is always good. All right. We're going with a corner. Kendrick. Boom. On to the next player.
1: I think next up we need an edge rusher. He had to get some guys in those room because That room is uh, looking a little light opposite of Daniel Hunter.
0: That's going to be a big situation as to whether they keep Daniil and eat the money or go on. All right. They're offering their 76 for our 77th and a fourth rounder. Picks they're offering. One pick higher and a fourth for our seventy. I've got to read that. And a fifth and a sixth. Uh, no, nah. What's the, uh yeah, what's Not the for point? one move. Right.
1: Now this is for maybe a later video, but I think. And because I was looking at the the free agency class, and I was looking at a lot of guys that can probably come over to this team on, okay. and obviously you would have to move cousins and move some other stuff around to get some money to participate. But I think I really like Jadavion Clowney on like a two year contract here in Minnesota. Maybe I mean, obviously you have the the Quesi, uh connection, mm-hmm. um, but I do think he's going to be a an pretty good value at edge in this upcoming free agency class he did solid i think he had some injuries but he did pretty good opposite of mm-hmm. malice garrett so i think i as of right now i have him like number one on their free agency thing he's only like 20 at least 29 or 28 he's young still so he has a lot of, he has a lot of football ahead of him if he can stay healthy so i've really hopefully we'll see what happens but i really like to davion clowny in that edge room if they could get them and we're able to do something like that. We do not necessarily need to draft an edge this season, especially when you have guys like Janarius Robinson, Patrick Jones coming back. So you have potential there, but you still have the guy who has the proven talent. So with that being said, I like this linebacker room. So you have, you you have Chad Muma and Brandon Smith. You have two significantly different players. Brandon Smith is your lightning bolt. He's your high energy, high athleticism guy that, if you can coach up, can end up being one of the best at the position. If you can get him the correct skill set, he has the athleticism that's going to carry him the rest of the way. Just athletic, athletic freak. I think he was a track guy, too. So I think this kid runs like a 4-4, four, four, maybe, maybe like a low 4-4. Four, 4-3. Four.
0: Four, maybe eight. even a
1: four. <laughs> right. So this is uh An extreme athlete at the linebacker position, but he is super raw. You have to coach him up. You basically just teach him. If you can teach him the position and how to be smart, how to use stuff at the position, he can be a a great pick. Now, the other guy, we have Chad Muma. He's your your opposite. He's the guy who already has the skill set, but he's not as great an athlete as Brandon Smith. So he's the guy that can probably come in and produce right away, but his ceiling just isn't going to be as high. So it depends on what you want. Chad Muma is probably going to be a solid player for a really long time, but who knows if he ever cracks that top 10 at the position. Brandon Smith, low floor, super high ceiling player. It just depends on what you value at the position.
0: I like how they wrote, he really misses tackles in the box or in space. I think they met rarely.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and you see how it says there he's athletic enough to cover running backs on routes. When you get to the next level, athleticism in running backs, and especially tight ends, man, you see Travis Kelsey out there snatching people's ankles. So athleticism takes another step at the next level. And who knows if he'll actually be able to to catch up. So really, it depends on what you value. If if you want to go linebacker,
0: Out of what you've just described there, I'm going Smith. I want a guy who has the potential, has the speed to keep up with X receivers coming across the middle. Not just running backs and tight ends. I want him to be able to keep up fast and pair that with Kendricks. Kendricks should help him. So, there we go. Done. Brandon Brandon Smith it is.
1: it gives you that extra blitzing off the edge. It's just I think you can do so much with Brandon Smith and I think in the third round he's going to be a steal for somebody. i think I don't think he'll be a third round pick. I think his athletic testing is going to push him up to the second round, but well I mean we'll see.
0: Alex, I did not see that the Vikings are flying Jim out i wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that all
1: yeah, that I think that, was that our last pick or did I think that was our last pick
0: in the round. Yeah, we'll find out. You may be right. Boom, boom. Let's press through. I need to be able to f- pick up the speed on this a little bit.
1: <laughs> I think at the beginning you got to press fast. It's like one of the uh-huh. drop-down bars. <laughs> the Ravens have a lot of picks. I think I've seen them pick like eight times. Yeah. <laughs> like a call at the very end.
0: Of course at the very end. Let's see. It's from Tom Pellicero. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate that. Ursay saying if Harbaugh comes out, don't let him leave. All right. <laughs> the Steelers are offering their fourth for our fifth and sixth the following year. Hmm. Why not? Yeah, see what else round. there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Amare Barno, Ooh, Edge, yeah, okay. vatech running back, Sterling Welford, Safety, Miami of Ohio. My mother graduated from that school. <laughs> That's how I know it. <laughs> Valedictorian, no less. Um,
1: so I think here I would go huh. Should we so make this, Ryan happy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's Oklahoma players on there. I mean, hey. So I
1: think at this point in the draft, you don't really want any more developmental edges because you have so many already. You have what? You have three guys, I think, the developmental edge, if you want to count uh DJ Wannham. Mm-hmm. So I think when you think about maybe the future at safety, you can check one of these safety players out. Uh they could come in, play set special teams pretty early. And you see, uh, oof, there was one safety we were really high on last season who made a giant play for the 49ers. Uh, I think it was like, uh, his name was like Hufungo or something like that. I think he like blocked the kick or he picked the ball up and scored a touchdown or something crazy. And this guy is 6'6. Jesus.
0: Well, 6 6'4. Let's see. Nick Cross. Free safety. Hmm. Okay. That doesn't look too bad.
1: So it also, it also, I think we need to see a lot more from. That was some
0: great dead uh, air there, Deshaun. Uh, other fill too. that too. I'm looking.
1: <laughs> I think we got to see a lot from our other guy too, because we've seen him kind of play in the box. We've seen him do some deep safety stuff too. What? Bynum? Cam Bynum. Yeah. Bynum. I think we, because I think Bynum is going to be your future guy. I think after the two Why games you had, he gave you start about.
0: Next
1: year. Yeah, I think he gave you about a good hundred, and because he started that Ravens game, which was like almost a hundred defensive snaps, and then he, I think he started the Chargers game too. So yeah, I think he give you about a positions. good hundred. Yeah, give you about a good hundred and thirty snaps. So it depends on where you want to play him. I think I would. You, I think I would, lean more to a roamer on the back end, someone who can play the middle third of the field. When I think of developmental safety, um, when you think of your box guys, you're looking well, for extreme cross. athletes and. A, Right, so if you look in for like those boxes, like the next Harrison Smith, those guys are typically first round picks. First round picks, mm-hmm. and there is one in this draft. There's um, he's Kyle Hamilton, but he's like a projected top ten pick, so it's not time you're gonna be. There is another one. I can't remember his name, but I know his name's like Jalen something. I think he's from Oregon, and he plays like nickel corner. He plays linebacker. He plays a whole. I think he is a great player, but I don't see him on this board right now. So I would go cross. In this later rounds, you want a, a guy that can roam the back end, play the middle third while you have a guy like Bynum as like your fixer on the defense, in the box, on the line, doing Everywhere. stuff like that. So we would go Nick Ross. Right? RCJ,
0: we discussed D'Amico declining the second interview at the very beginning of the show. Yes, he's out of it. We're down to three prospects. So – out of all that, who on this board do you want to select?
1: Let's take Nick Ross. Let's get uh, some depth on defense. Planning for our future.
0: And that should be the end of it shortly. Yes, we Dan, we do need depth over there. All right, let's look at our picks. There you go. Starting with a wide receiver, to. Absolutely make that wide receiver room fat. Oh, my God. Is that going to be good? And then he's from Baylor. I just from my bad. Uh, uh, who just
1: drew? He's from Baylor. The corner is from Baylor. And I I think his name is Jalen Petit or something like that. He's, he's from Baylor. I remember now. He's like a do-it-all safety. I think I
0: really like that guy. Dan, I think you're right about D'Amico. We've got our QB of the future, Malik Willis. Uh, he'll need coach to up, but he has all the tools necessary. Uh, he is Tyler's favorite quarterback prospect. And as he says, he has a piss missile for an arm. He also <laughs> is a dual threat quarterback, which will help. We've picked up Darian Kendrick, cornerback out of Georgia, to hopefully step in and contribute. We're going to need corners off of Bad. We got linebacker Braden Smith with some tools, needs some coaching. He is awfully fast, should be able to keep up with anybody across the middle, and ended up with Nick Cross as our final pick in the first four rounds. Five choices. Uh five picks in four rounds. What do you all think?
1: I like I like the potential of this class. I think you have several guys that could come in and be good, pretty good. I mean, pretty fast. Um, I like Malik Wills as uh, Ernie says he's Malik Wills is weak.
0: <laughs> well, I personally, and, and there would probably need to be even with Malik right. possibly a uh, bridge. So I think.
1: Yeah, possibly, but I think with the structure of the offense, he does, and the one thing with Malik Willis is he takes a lot of bad sacks, I think he plays a lot of hero ball, and I think he tries right. to extend plays a ton, so that stuff you saw, not I don't think not quite as bad as the stuff you saw from Mahomes mm-hmm. on Sunday, Oops, which was awful, Sorry guys, but um, we'll I do think he this. takes a lot of bad sacks to be so athletic, mm-hmm. but We'll see. He's mobile. He'll be able to do a lot in this offense, and hopefully he can elevate the guys. And, I mean, it's entirely possible that he's able to elevate the guys in his first year. He gets to do a lot in his first year, I think. And I think Burt will be kind of that—we didn't really have the—we had a lot of wide receivers, but we didn't have the gadget guy. Um, I was kind of—I was— Disappointed a little bit in Kubiak that he didn't kind of turn Kine into a good guy. I know he missed like some camp. He missed the first six games. so He never really had the opportunity to, I think with Traylon Burke, when you get, when you get creative play calling and you have a creative player, it just opens up your offense to levels that are almost like unstoppable. Almost like the chiefs in the first half. They were unstoppable. There was literally like, I don't even (laughs) think the Bengals were playing like bad defense. Then they completely collapsed, which was insane. It was like a tale of two halves. But I don't even think the Bengals were playing bad defense. Just the stuff the Chiefs were doing was just like impossible to stop. Like, literally, I was looking at the TV. I was like, how do you stop this? Like, I don't – I don't know. Well, obviously, they found it out because Mahomes – or maybe they had to stop themselves. <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't mind a draft like that. I think you fortify your offense early in what is expected to be a down year. You come back in 2023. You sign some free agents. You draft all defense, and you're ready to go. And I think you're ready to go for a couple seasons. I think this opens up the Super Bowl window for a couple years.
0: Well, let's hope so. It takes a little while to build a defense, but let's hope so. Right. Okay. Cool. With that, I think that's where we're going to call it tonight. Any last words?
1: No, nah, man, we're, we're on the lookout for this coaching to see who's uh, going to mm-hmm. take over. It's taken a long time, like the length of the playoffs. So uh, but well, I think the good and, thing is that now that it's. And the two LA Rams guys right.
0: can't be official until after the Super Bowl. So that's another two weeks.
1: Right, and I think what it's exciting because what you're going to see is that as soon as those guys get hired, it's going to be like decision, 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 decision because once they're hired, you have, what, 30 days until free agency opens? So you have 30 days to come in and decide what you're going to do with this roster. Um, and I think I saw Miles' tweet that he, that he believes that the dealing with Kirk Cousins is going to be more of a GM issue than a head coaching issue. I mean, obviously you want your head coach to chime in, but I right. think – like Kwesi is going to be like the ultimate decision maker on what to do with Kirk Cousins. And that's going to be your first domino because Cousins, he dictates your entire off season. If you can offload Cousins, you get back the moves, you get back the cap space to do almost whatever you want to do. And you get, get back draft picks to move around in the draft draft till you want to draft. If you keep them, it's going to be a rough off season. Um, you'll be competitive next season for sure. Cousins will have you, Competitive in almost every single game as we were this year. I think we only got blown out once, and that was against the Packers. Right. Even the Rams game we played was like competitive up until like the fourth quarter or something like that. So, keep cousins. You are competitive next year, but you are going to have a boring off season if you don't. You are going to have an off season of some wild stuff, some wild speculation, some wild drafting. At least it'd be fun. It'd be something to talk about.
0: Yeah, it will be. It, we'll find out. It's going to be interesting. Everybody. Uh, First, I want you to give Tyler some grief for not showing up tonight. He was supposed to be here. He said he would try. He obviously didn't. He's probably drinking too much already before he even (laughs) has to go out there and look at everybody on the field. Secondly, if you haven't already, like, subscribe, and ring the bell. It really does help. All your interaction in the comments do, but so does that when it helps to the algorithm and helps get us out in these wonderful conversations that we have with all of you again. I want to thank the commenters, you guys have been great tonight, absolutely fabulous. I can't, I can't wish for better. You guys rock!
1: Yeah, we've gained 400 followers since uh passing that 1k mark, so yeah, you guys are doing great stuff out there.
0: I think uh, it's fantastic. What do we say, Deshaun? We're here to turn your Mondays purple. That's right. I got
1: it down that time, right? You hey. got it down. <laughs> hey, Skull, guys. See you next week.
0: <laughs> skull, Viking, Climb in the pocket. Thanks you for watching. Remember to like, subscribe, ring the bell, and if you're listening, rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull!